नमस्ते इफ समबडी वुड आस्क व्हाट इज द ग्रेटेस्ट एनिग्मा इन दिस वर्ल्ड सो ऑफ कोर्स वी कैन से लाइफ इज एन एनिग्मा बर्थ इज एन एनिग्मा यूनिवर्स इज एन एनिग्मा ए पार्टिकल ए ग्रेन ऑफ सैंड इज एन एनिग्मा एटम इज एन एनिग्मा यू नो वी हैव लॉस दैट वंडर बिकॉज वी थिंक वी नो अबाउट एवरीथिंग बट आस्क एनी गुड साइंटिस्ट यू विल से एक्चुअली वी डोंट नो so everything is an enigma of course god is an enigma the origin of creation is an enigma and it is so wonderful to have uh, this sense of wonder but one enigma which straight away we have right near us uh, is ourselves man himself is the greatest of enigmas and why he is an enigma is that in man we see two tendencies several if we really look at it honestly we have one tendency which is skyward all human beings you know that poem of shirbindo a tree beside the sandy river beach holding its topmost boughs to the skies like fingers to the heaven that cannot reach such is the uh, soul of man his body and brain hungry for earth his heavenly flight detain so on one side we have skyward tendencies this skyward tendency can take the form of idealism an ideal thought which we create like a heaven it's not found on earth but we have created a heaven somewhere in the sky of mind and we long to manifest it here but on the other side we have earthward tendencies and this earthward tendency is not only attachment to matter because matter itself has roots cast into the inconscient so we are constantly as if drawn toward the inconscient and because of that man is a creature who lives in a perpetual state of conflict so often when people talk about this conflict that conflict so in psychology we have a lot about conflict so one of the terms that i use is that all conflicts at their bottom are evolutionary conflict if you look at the gita so one will lead to the path of evolution the other will lead to the gravitation a regression if you want to put it so they are all evolutionary conflict but evolution happens through both that's a different part altogether so we have within us on one side the you know the strength that can literally move mountains look at just look at human beings that he is not happy just by conquering mars he wants to you know we have already now created means to have oxygen plant before we you know have on earth oxygen generation in mars has started meaning thereby already man is thinking that and it's quite intuitive uh, you know some people are thinking that you know maybe 100 200 years down the line if we have to colonize mars what you need like that story of the great deluge you need a man woman or a few men women few plants this thing oxygen generation once you develop that possibility then life this life can just be transported there because there is water at least there is a possibility of water and if there is possibility of water then you can create a cold climate so this is the way human consciousness is thinking thinking of you know traveling through light years time warp all this on the other hand the same human being not somebody else the same human being doesn't know what's going to happen the next moment of his life the same human being will often people are uh, wonder 
you know it's okay when we live at an average pitch don't have very high aspiration that is one kind of humanity closer to the animal in which you don't see this conflict why because it's living an animal life existence eat drink and be merry so you don't really feel that conflict because you have consented to be earthward but the moment you start climbing skyward you will see this pull and it becomes so difficult to understand certain human beings who on one side will have very idealistic temperament but will have a side of personality which will be very difficult to reconcile with their own idealism and that is called um, in the language of yoga the shadow shobindra and the mother speak about it there is an exchange of letter and uh, shobindra says i have seen uh, your uh, letter about the evil persona evil persona is a term used by carl jung your letter about the evil persona is so true and he says that i have seen um that whenever there is a being especially those with an exceptional capacity have with them a shadow attached which as it prevents them keeps on obstructing them and the mother speaks about it that yet it has been done with the wisdom so the task of this shadow within you is to contradict and oppose what you aspire for there is no outside person so people who say that you know i want to practice yoga but you know Uh, my family situation my conditions they have not started the yoga when you actually start the yoga you will see <laughs> the whole family is inside the family that opposes and the family that helps you is all within and there is particularly in every human being one particular point which just will refuse to yield it will go right till the end it will just refuse to yield and the day you conquer it you are through it is like your own special um, difficulty or the challenge of course when the avatar comes he also takes the shadow but he takes the entire cosmic shadow because you know um, that's why you see who is ravana ravana is the shadow of vishnu so when vishnu comes so he has to tackle it's a story which is about our own inner challenges i mean we can look at it like that ramayana is true but also we can look at the shadow like that so there is within us a part which completely opposes god's plan and people get very frustrated why this because we have to grow in strength to reach that realization the shadow paradoxically helps us let's say for example that somebody uh, wants to you know uh, okay let me take my favorite example <laughs> want to embody the power of wisdom or love okay these two capacity so he wants to embody the power of wisdom and you will see that he makes errors error which to somebody else will look um, how could such a person make this error and shrivinda had a very humorous remark about this he said great men make great errors <laughs> they will not make small errors it looks like error but why because his wisdom now has to be perfect perfection he it cannot be just a general wisdom they there are two types of wisdom no one is a wisdom which is uh, more like gyana the second is vigyana in every sphere of life in this little details so error reminds us that no no it's not there is an imperfection work on this so you have worked on it no 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 there is one more imperfection and the same we can look about love love is all about self giving and a person who really wants to embody love will have within him something selfish which will want and the day he completely conquers that part he will really embody true love 
but he'll always have something going on till the very end. Something that wants, something that desires. And that's why, I mean, love, the opposite of love is lust. What is lust? To want, to possess, to acquire, to hold, to take. So this is the way, same with strength. How does strength develop? We can take this example, it's very easy to relate to. How does strength develop? One of the ways or the only way to develop strength is by opposing something against it. When you have no opponent, then in old time, when I was a child, I was told that you want to develop your uh, fist power. I said, yes, to hit against the wall. So I said, oh, is it? So I said, but won't you get hurt? He said, no, initially you will, but after some time you can. So I started doing it. After some time, I get so much maja in it. I started enjoying hitting against the wall. My parents said, what, what are you doing? I said, I am developing the strength of my muscles by eating against the wall. And then you develop the art because that helps you to, by opposition, imagine, can you ever become strong if there is no opposition? So strength or power in any field comes by opposition. So when we are being opposed in our path of realization means God has taken us seriously and the world has taken us seriously. But the problem is most people give up. That's why the mother says that perseverance is patience in action. So we have to get up and start. Get up and start. 10,000 times. Every time you will see that there is a little better, little better. Nobody will notice it. But you would have gone, done a little better, little better, little better. Till one day you will be through. Then the shadow is gone. Now, the, your difficulty is gone. Others have their own. Each one has his own shadow. But what we do? We are aware of the shadow of other person. Not our own. This is a uh, primitive level of evolution. That's like we have not yet started on the journey. So we will not talk about that. When we are only aware of everybody's shadows and we think we are all living in wonderful light. So confront the shadow to become aware of it. To open it to the light. To give it to the grace is one of the processes of yoga and uh, what prevents us from becoming aware of the shadow this sense of right and wrong paradoxically mother speaks about it those who believe in too much righteousness cannot see their shadow why because it hurts I too have some darkness inside so they don't see it they don't want to see it it's very disheartening if others say you are a bad guy you say, what does he know or you will tell him, what do you know about me? But when within you experience that you have both these parts, then it can be very disheartening, especially when you keep trying again and again. But that's what yoga is about. And to the one who endures with faith, this is the victory. So we'll read a poem which uh, uh, reveals to us this secret truth. That how in a human being, this container... You have everything represented. And in the human body itself, you see. You see eyes looking forward, head which can look upward. This is symbol, no? Speech which can capture sounds of the highest regions and manifest. But speech which can pick up the worst and express in speech. The heart which can cry for God and the heart which can grow mad out of self-love. Then as you go down, you will see the animal parts, rakshasic part, asuric, matter. All these are there in the same human being. So in yoga, when we start doing, we are stripped bare. Like you know that aphorism of the gopis. 
you can't say lord do i will wear my lungi upper part you can bear me he will say no no wait <laughs> the lungi must also go don't do it publicly of course <laughs> but that's what yoga is about you become aware of what is hidden inside as the shadow and <laughs> they have to be you know dealt with and worked upon not worked upon by us because they are beyond any human beings mother says take your share of the anti divine do not walk among the holies i am swami ji so and so she said no take your own share of the anti divine her word so what do we do she said take it and offer it to the light with an aspiration for change that's what we have to see not that okay i have my shadow and i must you know uh, this life it's not that shadow has to be conquered if you don't conquer the shadow you don't evolve but it has to be conquered by constantly acknowledging and offering to light and persevering in conquest with our little will little faith to whatever extent we should fight against it and at the same time call in the divine aid so this is the process and the poem is man the depot of contraries in our own being all contraries are there i am greater than the greatness of the seas man is the one who has tamed the seas not only tamed by crossing the oceans tame the energies of the sea that is man he can predict things about the sea so he says i am greater than the greatness of the sea a swift tornado of god energy so if the sea is a power i am like a tornado who can you know ride over the sea swiftly see sea sports sea creatures diving deep into the sea sailing over the sea energies of sea everything we have tamed so this is one part of us but at the same time a helpless flower that quivers in the breeze i am weaker than the reed one breaks with ease and very strangely you will see it in the same person i have seen people who will surf the waves wonderful excellent it's not a joke huh? to surf the high waves and one little remark from somebody they care about and they go into depression and they are down the dumps and they cry and just imagine one part which is so strong not afraid but another part which is so afraid so much you know emotional so sensitive so fragile so vulnerable so weak so both things are there tornado on the other hand flower imagine what will flower stand if there is a tornado <laughs> even if there is a strong breeze the flower begins to wither strong sunlight it wilts don't put water it wilts so both these aspects are there in a human being it's not that flower is not beautiful he is not saying that he is giving an analogy that weakness and strength flower is its own beauty so if we have to compare with a flower we'll say i am beautiful as the flower but i am also a thorny don't touch me very close because there are thorns on my stems people don't realize it <laughs> and <laughs> they want to have the rose <laughs> so when the person gives you the rose ask him to remove the thorns carefully otherwise very eagerly you will catch the rose i am sure almost all of us have learned this with experience <laughs> when you catch a take a bunch of rose first time when the thorn pricked isn't it 
and even after that you commit the mistake you still even today i picked up some roses and did the same mistake i told him me nikal do he did it but i didn't notice that there is still a thorn or two which is left and sure enough it pricked so that's how it is so the same rose so beautiful has of course that's because roses are very proud creatures huh? they don't like people to get near them they are royal they will mix only with roses they don't like other creatures some background you can put jhadpoot but they they are not happy if you put them with yeah yeah seriously mother has spoken about it and she said it, it they are jealous she said one literally pricked her because they are like that so but the same beautiful rose has certain in it uh, you know those thorns i harbor all the wisdom of the wise in my nature of stupendous ignorance on one side there is in me a giant ignorance there is always an ignorance so many things we don't know and yet there is in man a little light of wisdom you will see it sometime people have done one of the wisest acts when they suddenly uh, you know have turned towards a great truth you know amrit uh, amalda so beautifully when he was said that how did you come to madran shivindo he said you know i have it i had it humorously of course i'm i mean he had many beautiful things this also beautiful he said i had a tendency to easily fall in love when i would see somebody beautiful and one day i fell at the feet of the divine mother now look at it like um how the same tendency so here he is saying stupendous ignorance but a wisdom and that wisdom saves you that one act one day completely changes your life so there is in us a stupendous ignorance but at the same time a spark of wisdom which makes us do something which really is the thing to be done others would call it impractical but that is when the wisdom was most active on a flame of righteousness i fix my eyes you see ask anybody and the most honest person in the world everybody is the most honest you don't know who is stealing <laughs> everybody is honest honest taxpayer honest this honest everybody is honest self righteous i have never committed a crime i have never looked at somebody with you know wrong intentions or wrong eyes all this is their self righteous yet on a flame of righteousness i fix my eyes while i wallow in sweet sin and join hell's dance so shubhendra says that you know every saint has a you know every a saint is somebody who cherishes his sins in secret because he doesn't want his you know actually it's not that there is a sin if you look at it from the evolutionary process you can understand but if you put in the concept of dualities then you will see the contrariness if you look at it as an evolutionary journey there is no problem but because we talk about opposites so you'll see the same person and very often people who are very righteous they carry in themselves a tremendous darkness so somebody who is always you know i'm a virtuous man virtuous man be sure that there is inside i never tell a lie this is the only lie i spoke that's how you know, some people are <laughs> you will see that there is so it's sometimes good to be a normal human being yes i have my own weaknesses i have my own strengths and they are all given to me 
and it's a you know pot puri i'm trying to figure out how to make a nice kichdi about it but i can't so i've handed over my pot to the divine mother the flame has been lit and she is doing something mixing the tadka of divine grace and you know adding divine love so i am sure that with this jumble something very nice will come out so this is how we have to understand it on a flame of and you will see it typical example is arab world you know how they punish adultery you can be killed okay but you know what many of them do the men they will cross the border do every unspeakable thing and then come back and you know they are very nice people who don't commit sin the moment and people who are extremely righteous be careful they there you will see that a very big dark spot is in inside like many of the priests and you will see it if you i don't know whether you have studied in convent school or not but everywhere priests be careful priests often you know will dress up like as if they are paragon of virtues be careful of paragon of virtues it's cool to be normal it's okay there are good and bad in everybody but wherever the mother speaks about seeing this priest in that uh, church fau where she sees uh, that a lady came to give her confession and when she saw him she saw a monster sitting out there cold hearted monster and it's so true it's not only about a particular church priests because outwardly they are one thing but deep inside they have things which are hidden and kept inside it becomes their nature almost to put a show and a sham that's why it's okay cool to be in a normal you know human gathering but very dangerous where you have all these quasi religious things genuine spiritual person yes but all these religious places many times you will see that atmosphere and everywhere you see whether it be the blue star and others other places many of these mosques many temples same thing where the priests become themselves harboring in themselves some of the most wicked tendencies so it's not that they are good or bad it's human nature the bad part is that you put up a show of that's where the problem is if you accept and acknowledge that yes you have everything inside you and you know it's different my mind is brilliant like a full orbed moon its darkness is the cave one troglodytes so troglodytes are those primitive cave living creatures so in every person who has this uh, spiritual wisdom still there is something which whispers like a troglodyte and then you understand how profound some of these indian mythological stories are look at the troglodyte whispering in yudhishthir's ear put your wife at stake maybe you will get back look at the troglodyte whispering in gautam rishi's ears see your wife sinner she is curse her and he cursed her so this caveman the caveman tendency mentality what is the caveman mentality if you trouble him he'll pick up his whatever was there stone and throw at you so troglodyte in yoga you have to confront and conquer all this that's what the challenge of yoga is at one point of time that's what agastya rishi drinks the water of the ocean breaks open the caves and all these uh, these are war with the panis the last is with the vritrasur these are real events of inner life 
and if one has not faced the inner battle then one has really not faced the furnace purifying furnace of inner life i gather long times wealth and squander soon i am an epitome of opposites so on one side i gather all the wealth and then i squander it just like that story of vishwamitra now what makes vishwamitra great is that he bounces back again and again and again he had a killer inside him he killed all of vasishta rishi's son is a one story where you see hope then he again does tapasya he wants to have the greatest powers in the world and then he again menaka and then you know you he has that daughter shakuntala goes away again several times vishwamitra goes through all these ups and downs but at the end you know the mantra that he brought down to earth till day till shurbindo upgraded it gayatri mantra is attributed to him so one has to go through the greatness of vishwamitra is that very often his story is shown as a story of fall no it's a story of rising from every fall and going back mightier so this is the contrary things which are there in human nature i with repeated life deaths sleep surprise so death comes and says you are done with and man says no it's my body i'll show you i'm still living i continue to exist so i with repeated life coming back again and again death sleep surprise i am a transience of the eternities so there is in me a part which is completely transient the body which can be broken the mind formations feelings but still i am a portion of the eternal i am meant to be one with the eternities so this is the contraries which are there in human beings not to balance as some people say not darkness so that you can appreciate light as some people say but because this is the task given to us we inherit we are a double inheritance or a double birth the soul in us is a skyward being which has fallen from the skies so we have skyward tendency it always remembers god and we have matter within us and things based on matter which are emerging from the earth so because of the pull of the matter there is downward tendencies a limitless a a, lim, a limited nature with a limitless soul that's how shubhendra puts it and this is the challenge given us to us to solve so those who say no no leave this jokitiyo dhardini chadariya and you know i'll go into other world have missed the whole point the whole point is that this double nature in man again double nature one nature which is formed because of the inconscient and the other nature which is the inherited the our true nature the divine nature and this tussle within and the conquest of the truth over falsehood the conquest of light over darkness that is the real work of man of immortality over death and that is what the yoga of transformation is about and when we can transform this very often people talk about world transformation and all that please that's a task which i'm sure the divine mother knows and she is undertaking what will happen to india what will happen to world there is somebody looking after that but what will happen to me think about that within us we have these contraries and they are given to us with a purpose that opposition and challenge is there 
to help the realization become more perfect. If there was no opposition, the realization also will be very limited. Rama without Ravana will be a very limited Ravana. Good person. Very nice human being. But when Rama faces Ravana and Ravana has abducted Sita and he goes through that great battle, then we see the one thing Rama is known for, emerge. Rama is not known for other things. But when you think of Rama, you think of only one thing, which Sri Krishna says in the Gita. I am Paurush. What is Paurush of a man? Purusha. Paurusha. Strength, love and wisdom. The triumvirate of man's manhood. You see that in Rama. Strength would not come. Wisdom would not come. When he's, you know, Janki is abducted, he could have just lost his mind and just, you know, said what is the use of life, become a cynic, disillusioned, taken to sannyas. But his wisdom tells him no. Is here to fulfill for a work. Love. That if a person has kidnapped her, I will go and snatch her from the jaws of death. So, this is how we have to understand the opposition and the challenge is not because God is, you know, deliberately wants to put spokes in the wheels. And if it seems like spokes in the wheels, it is because he wants us to become perfect in driving the vehicle that we are using. So that's how we know we all grow up. So when parents, they teach us how to ride a cycle, how do they do? They say that we are holding you from behind. But they have quietly let out the hand. We fall sometimes. When we have fallen once, then they say, now you have learned. Isn't it? Everybody learns like that. So it's not that they were cruel. Because they know that one day the child has to go through. Then after that we have become stronger, more confident. So when we face the challenge of oppositions within us, it's by facing it that not only we grow, the realization becomes very perfect. Because of the opposition when we leave. Otherwise, too soon we will go. And we will abandon earth nature. That's very easy. Oh, all this is dark, all this, I don't want to work here. That's what a misguided mysticism has done. Illusionism, oh this is too bad, too horrible. But we entered precisely into this region to change it into a beautiful garden of God. So who is the original person who knows about the original plan is the soul within us. So it has come into this material mind-body life complex where darkness abounds, particularly the uh, physical matter. And what we have to do is, we have to slowly win over one part after another to the light. That's how the yoga proceeds. One part of the mind, something of the deeper heart, something of the life, deeper life. And slowly you have the army of light. Then there is the final assault. So, (laughs) Uri, the surgical strike. (laughs) So, this is the process. And uh, we'll read this. It's a beautiful poem to remember. Man, the depot of contraries, I am greater than the greatness of the seas, a swift tornado of God energy, a helpless flower that quivers in the breeze, I am weaker than the reed one breaks with ease. I harbor all the wisdom of the wise in my nature of stupendous ignorance. On a flame of righteousness I fix my eyes, while I wallow in sweet sin and join hell's dance. My mind is brilliant like a full-orbed moon. 
Its darkness is the cave and troglodytes. I gather long times wealth and squander soon. I am an epitome of opposites. This is not to justify them. This is just an observation. And what is to be done with it? We have already spoken about. I with repeated life, death, sleep, surprise. I am a transience of the eternities. And this is true of all of us. Some are aware, some are not aware. Those who live only in the darkness won't understand because this, where is light, this life? It is only those who start journeying toward the light confront the darkness. So if one is not facing any conflict inside, that means still I am in that comfort zone of the darkness. The evolutionary conflict has not yet started. If the conflict has started, that means now I am being pulled upward with one hand of God while kept downwards with other hand of God. As Shobindu says. So what we have to do? We have to be with that hand of God which is pulling us upward and tell him that you have to take care of this. And if you do it, in their final reconciliation, they can only be reconciled through transformation. You cannot reconcile light and darkness unless darkness is transformed into light. And it has its own energies inside which are needed. So in their final reconciliation, through transformation, lies the solution to the riddle called man. And how can it be reconciled? In one line, Shobindu says in Savitri, our life is a paradox with God for key. You have to change these human elements into their divine equivalent. Namaste.